back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. Podcast of the Beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Nesbitt, because uh, looking forward to having this beer. Nice German beer. Yeah. No, this is actually from uh, British Columbia. It says a Belgian on the front. I yeah. called it a German. It's from British Columbia. What a world we live in. <laughs> it's an international. It's an international beer. Um, oh, I thought you said it was a German beer in the lead up. Nope. It's no? uh, oh, from, from BC. BC. That's yeah. right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. So this is a postmark Belgian red. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. So I don't know anything about this. It's postmark brewing. They're from Vancouver, BC. Okay. Saw it in the liquor store. Picked it up. Springtime beers. Oh, it looks great. Go BC. Smells good. <laughs> good weather. Sexy spandex and now beer. Damn you, BC. <laughs> Damn you. That's excellent. Actually, you know, could use a bit of hops, but it's nice. It's a Belgian beer. It's a Belgian red, so it's not supposed to be hoppy. Yeah. I know, you're kind of on the hops thing. I am on the hops train. <laughs> All right, so do you want to... We're going back into... We're going to get another uh, episode now on B-Sides. Uh, a few podcasts ago, we did, we started getting into Best of the B-Sides from the Eddie's Archive box set, the first CD, and we got about halfway through it, and uh, now we're going to get through the second half of the first CD. Yeah, we ran through Burning Ambition, uh, the early uh, uh, tune there, which was a little kind yep. of, you know, pre-Iron Maiden. Yeah, it's like we a Gypsy's Kiss tune. That's right. We went into Drifter Live, which was uh, interesting. We both yeah. liked that. Then we went into Invasion. We had a little bit of a... I <laughs> yeah. didn't really like that from Women in Uniform. Uh, then Remember Tomorrow Live. I loved it. Bruce's version. You thought Paul's original was good. And we broke that down. Put some good clips in there. I've Got the Fire from uh, Flayda Icarus. Right. We both Mantras. loved that one. We loved it. That was awesome. Uh, looking back on that now, I still love that song. Um, then uh, Cross-Eyed Mary, the Jethro uh, Tull cover. Um, said it was a better cover both of us I didn't like the song I don't think as much as you did I think you liked it I liked it a lot yeah we, I, we both agreed that it's a big improvement on the Jethro Tull version that's right that's yeah. right and Rainbow's Gold kept growing on us still yeah. may be growing yeah. on us uh, but we covered in the Power Slave uh, podcast before so some interesting stuff in there yeah. nothing to blow you away nothing right. to, to write home about so much yeah. although you know the live stuff interesting Drifter and Remember, remember Tomorrow the burning ambition before the original recording would have been great if it was awesome, to you know, but it's not to me. So carrying on now, um, we got to go into you know Kings of Twilight, reach out that girl, Juanita, yeah. all these things. So, so we'll get into it now. What do you think, King of Twilight? Yeah, the first song. Yes. So this is we got into this when we did the Power Slave episode. Yeah, it's Aces High. The right? Aces High B side, right? So I have a clip of that. I we already played clips of this when we did the Aces High song. When Power Slave, so I made different clips. So these are clips of different parts of the song. When the king of twilight shows me, I will take ten steps to see. Forty leaves I pay for freedom. So that's the Maiden version. So it's a cover of this band, Nectar, yeah. who I think they were a German band that Steve Harris was really, really into. 
he loves all this prog rock stuff, right? So uh, Maiden like really rearranged it. And uh, when you listen to this, you think like that. If you listen to the original version and you listen to this, you think that Maiden totally changed it. But this is actually a medley of two Nectar songs. It's called King of Twilight, but it's actually Crying in the Dark and King of Twilight. Kind of done as a medley by Maiden. Uh, I'll play you uh, some just before we start talking about it so we can compare. I'll play you some of the original of the Nectar version. So again, Maiden just maidenized it, totally made it into like a like a metal song. Yeah, you know the original. The it's total prog rock. Yep. You know the bass playing is cool. The Maiden version, I think, is an improvement on the original. And like the first part has a good groove to it. It's okay. It's not great. I would never put this on like a Maiden mix or anything. But I don't know. I think yeah. the the part with the uh, the really rapid. You know the drumming in the Maiden version that really fast. You mean you mean all of it? Well, no. There's a part where like the drumming is really fast, like da 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 da. That's like, all of it, except for the part where Bruce sings. Like, yeah. There's 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 some decent parts. <laughs> yeah, and the intro part is different too. Yeah, slightly. But uh, that's kind of heavy. I think this is like one of those songs. If some other modern metal band took the song and covered it, yeah, it would be like the heaviest thing with like double kick pedals. Yeah, you're thinking like a Metallica, or or even like one of those like death metal bands that has the double kick and it'd be like, and they just really like. Pound it. Yeah, almost like a Masters of Puppets like guitar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, my my takeaway on it is, and it's funny because when you when you did that clip, did I email you to snip that clip? Uh, no, nope, that's just the one. Because my, my my notes are there's a moment at like three forty in the song where Bruce says there's a chance to be free, you know, which is exactly what you clipped. Yeah. I was like, but then it's back to this stupid strumming and drumming and blurg and crap, <laughs> yeah. and it's the only part I like where it's like. That, it's that a chance chorus, to be free. Yeah. yeah, and then when I hear the original song, I realized they were true to it. Yeah, um, you know, because I never listened to it until you played it there. Yeah, um, you know, I'm just whatever. It is what it yeah. is. I think Steve it. Harris just loved the song, and he's like, "We're doing yeah. the song," and they did it. I know. Again, it's a filler yeah. podcast or, or a podcast, a B side filler. Yeah, um, I don't think it know, stands out as yeah. yeah. It's 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 good, but not great. Yeah, I listened I to it for this, and I listened to it when we did Power Slave. When I was trying yeah. to, we were trying to find some different angles in Power Slave yeah. where we could add something to the discussion. Yeah. We looked at the B sides to see if we could get some context. And again, it was a cover, and it's back to this cover stuff. You know, we talked yeah. about it when we went through the B sides the first time, and I've talked about it. I think when we did the cover art stuff, we talked about it, and we did it when we talked about the Power Slave, this B side cover stuff. I don't like it. Yeah, and I've listened to the song today. enough now. Like I listened to it during Power Slave, and now I've listened to it a lot this yeah. week. And I've listened to it enough now that I'm pretty sure that it's not going to grow on me any more than it yeah. is. Like originally, I didn't. I thought it was okay. Yeah. But now I think it's pretty good, but it's not great. It's like I don't know. Yeah. Tumors can grow on you too, Nesbitt. <laughs> anyway, I don't like it. It's garbage. I'm just yeah. like, wait, you buy Aces High. You know, whenever I look at a single, like my key takeaway, and maybe it's where I'm at with the vinyl, I love yeah. the physical aspect. So yeah. I love Aces High cover. We just even talked about the mask uh, yeah. with the Aces High mask. I love that cover. I think both of us picked 
the aces high cover in the when we when we went through the best covers we we both said that aces high we loved it but it could have been better yeah um but owning that physically owning that cover that's part of the collector in you then the yeah. b side i mean they throw this on there look there's around that period you're talking about a power slave single i mean i know but what i like could have done a million things they were at their peak but the then, thing is oh how about yeah. nectar this german band we like i mean you play that single like why do you like them or is it just one of these so i have another take on this which is like if they had another studio song that was a lot better than this really good an original it would be on an album they would have saved it for an album so they're not going to waste a really good song as a b-side so they're just throwing covers on and I mean, I don't need another live version of a Maiden song as a B-side. So do something wacky and throw it on there. That's what I like. It's interesting. That's a that's like a cliff argument. Everything Maiden do is either album-worthy or it doesn't exist. This nonsense. Well, it's Every, a cliff argument. It's like a cl- everything is perfect or doesn't... Like it's, it's like a perfect cliff. Like I thought you were talking about Cliff from Cheers. No. Oh, God. <laughs> he knew everything. Cliff Clavin. I thought you were comparing me to Cliff Clavin. No, it's I was like, like, how am I like Cliff Clavin? You, you, you're basically saying, like, oh, if it's good enough to be on an album, it will be on an album, which is, yeah. you know, which is... We, we picked our various songs out there that, uh, you know, there are, there are various main songs that have been on albums. But anyway, that idea that the only thing okay fine let's say what you're saying is correct yeah that everything they went in the studio well prepared with only very little movement uh on what they were going to do and they recorded it and there's nothing on the cutting room floor and therefore they have this blank b-side okay what i where i disagree with you in this is you could put anything in there from them recording the people setting up you know the roadies arguing the a mission from mission from Ari that they did well that was the part that was the one before sorry that was uh yeah that was from the tour before because that had power set on the other side we talked about that previously but for example or a conversation or them uh on a radio uh you know having an interview or see i don't want any i wouldn't i would be angry if i got an iron maiden interview as a b-side so Aces High. I want to hear a song. On the other side yeah. is an interview. Uh, that's a, but no. Oh, a cover from it from some jamming band. Yeah, like, I'd much rather hear that. Uh, well, okay. It's a, it's, we, we yeah. disagree. So it's a, it's a band that influenced Iron Maiden, and they're doing cover of it because they love. So it the R one hundred and one, the Empire of the Cloud single. Yeah. Second side. Yeah. Waste of time for it. Could have been a. They could. She could. They could have covered Taylor Swift. Or they could have covered like uh, some other graveyard. If they had done a. Yeah, I love Graveyard. That's yeah, I know you do. Band. I'm just saying they could have. Yeah, so if they covered well, I, that, I, I'd much rather have uh, that, that, to use your own argument, yes. the R101, or the, yes. uh, the Empire of the Cloud single, Yeah. the other side is 20 minutes wasted on an interview. I think no. they could have fit like three covers of good songs on there, and I would be 10 times happier. Because the interview I listened to once, and I'll listen to it again. Except, yeah. aha, you've fallen into my trap. Okay, right. let's hear it. Except the Empire of the Clouds and the R101 disc. Yeah. It takes the disc, it takes the song, which we both agreed in a previous podcast, doesn't necessarily fit in the the Mayan Incan yeah, whatever, yeah. Book yeah. of Souls, yeah. South America. It doesn't fit in there yeah. in that sense, although, yeah. you know, it does, it works. And they turn it around, they put the Air 101, the cover of it, and then they have an interview on the back about it. Yeah. Ace is high. Same concept. You could do so much about, you know, 
anything to do with the Battle of Britain, anything to do with... Yeah, with, I don't want that on my Maiden singles. I want songs. German <laughs> band on the back of Aces High. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Think before. about it that way. I mean, it makes like, no <laughs> sense. It's like, oh, the first one is, you know, it's about the, the Holocaust on the back. You might have oh, a point there. There's a speech about Hitler. Like, like well, no, what is... You know, there's so much you could do in there. Imagine yeah. if they got and plonked a microphone in front of some like old English historian were like talk about the Battle of Britain. Again, and then, I don't want to hear that on my Maiden album. No, but then you. I don't want to hear it as a B side either. But then Dave, then Dave Murray gets in talks about a different solo that he could have done. I don't want to hear interviews. I want to hear music. I want to hear B sides or music. I want to hear an A side single, and I want to hear a B side rarity. That's me. I just that's to me. I want music on one side, music on the other side. I want one side to be the hit single. Yeah. I want the other side to be a rarity or a curiosity thing or a beast. That's what a B side is is like. Well, we've you know, argued about a, a B side, but it, yeah. it seems to me like you have a definition of it that keeps changing, and I don't. And I have a mis misunderstanding. B sides are bonuses. Bonuses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They put a single out, and the the B side is something else that normally you wouldn't get. Except, okay, here's where I want to go with it. Except here's where we disagree, yeah. and here's where I. Otherwise, think. it would be a double A side. But it there is should such be things something that belongs to the band, or it's part of in 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 the band. So much of the stuff. Okay, so when interviews and live recordings, and all these things. There's the bootlegs, which yeah. we always question our legitimacy, and we can get away with it because we love Maiden so much. We still buy all the live discs, yeah. and we'll still listen to bootlegs. Yeah. So we both listen to bootlegs, yeah. MP3s. I don't buy bootleg vinyls, not because... Um, I don't buy them, but I have like it, a bunch of MP3 I don't, ones. Yeah, yeah, it's just I don't want to waste my time yeah. money on it because it doesn't count. Well, it does so, count. It's just... Does it count? A bootleg vinyl doesn't what count. What do you mean? What do you mean by count? Doesn't it's not a maiden vinyl? If I could get a, a crystal clear pressing of a maiden concert on vinyl, yeah. it counts. What do you mean it doesn't count? It's yeah, but it's not a maiden vinyl print. I'd rather have a, a digital like. Yeah, a, but what if it doesn't exist as a as an official? Yeah, but it's a fake artwork. Who cares? <laughs> I get okay. Fair enough. Maybe I listen to a lot of maiden bootlegs. Yeah. I guess, and they're well, not maybe, available. Maybe this is making sense because my argument was: I don't want to cover. I want Maiden on Maiden discs, and I want to buy Maiden stuff. And I can understand the scattered cover, but it's just so consistent yeah. that they're know. covering this stuff. Yeah. Yet Maiden is so unique. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm gone on long <laughs> enough. But I would love more real Maiden content. I don't consider this Maiden content, and it's not. So the next song, do you consider this to be Maiden content? Reach out. The B-side to the Wasted Year single. This is so unlike any Maiden. It sounds like a weird 80s band sung by Adrian. Yeah. I just don't so, play a clip. I'll play a clip. Yeah. So that is Reach Out. I think this is one of their best B-sides, too. Uh, Adrian Smith sings lead vocals, background vocals by Bruce Dickinson. You, you can totally hear Bruce yeah. when he comes in with the second Reach Out. I love it. It doesn't sound like Maiden at all, but it is Maiden. Yeah. 
That's why, I, but because it doesn't sound like Bane, I think that's why it's on a B-side. So it's like, yeah, it's just great. I love it. It's a funny one for me yeah. because uh, it's kind of campy. It's yeah. it's super 80s. It could be like another, it could be another rock rock band. It's not a metal yeah. band. It almost yeah. sounds rock. And, but at the same time, every time I hear Adrian sing, I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed. Yeah, he's you know? great. So I have the ASAP, ASAP album, Adrian yeah. Smith and Project. I should bring that over some night and we should just have a few years and that. listen to it. We because to it's, yeah, well, yeah, we're eventually going to do all those side yeah. projects. I have all the Urchin, I have the ASAP. You mean we're not wrapping this up in 24 episodes like you promised? <laughs> so, so there's a big misconception that people think that this is like an Adrian song that Adrian wrote. Yeah. But it's not. It was written by this guy, Dave, Dave Caldwell. Dave Caldwell. So yeah. remember we were talking about the entire population of Hackney? Yeah. So we went over this in detail on the Somewhere in Time episodes. I'll just give you like the 10 second version is after they came back from touring, uh, Nico and Adrian put this band together. They played a couple of shows. There's one bootleg of it. Well, I'll tell you who's in it. Adrian Smith, Nico, Martin Connolly played bass. Dave Caldwell, who wrote the song, was guitar. He went on to be an ASAP. Mm-hmm. Andy Burnett was the other guitar player. He was in Urchin and he went on to be an ASAP. So this song sounds like an ASAP song. And it's it's an entire population of Hackney song and sung by Adrian. So they went in the studio and recorded this. There's this misconception online that uh, Adrian plays bass on this, but Steve Harris does play bass on this one. There's a couple other ones I'll get into. There's the next couple of songs, actually, where Adrian actually plays bass and guitar on it. Um, so this is written by the entire population of Hackney guitar player Dave Caldwell. Entire population of Hackney only ever played two shows and there's a bootleg of one and this is them playing that song So that's the uh, entire population of Hackney doing that song. So it's this is technically a cover, this B-side by Maiden. Um, I, I love the song, though. I love the Maiden version. Uh, that bootleg's kind of rough, but it's a live bootleg. I wish that they would let Adrian Smith sing more. But I guess it wouldn't be Maiden if they let him sing locally. That's why it's stuck on a B-side, right? I agree, but also there's, uh, there's a lot of times, and we've talked about it, where... Um, Bruce will sing in like uh, he'll sing like two sides of the conversation and then he'll like one side will be like him like screaming and yeah. I'll always say like yeah, we, we wouldn't end up in the somewhere in time yeah, yeah. and I was like who's yeah. singing that so you're like that's Bruce too and I'm like well they must yeah they double track it, it or the they double track it yeah. that should be Adrian um, or Adrian should be able to take those just to get, get the you know what I mean also for live it would be awesome but I think letting Bruce do the background vocals makes it more of a Maiden song because yeah. you're hearing them too and their voices together sound really great yeah that's true yeah I, ju- I, I think there's room to give him more and it's funny when Bruce backs him up because you know like uh, it's usually the other way around right yeah and Bruce is gonna you're also gonna guard your territory you know? <laughs> like, Bruce can he can talk great about Blaze he can let let Adrian set, but the, he's driving the plane, literally and figuratively, <laughs> and as lead singer, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that song. I don't know if I love it as a Maiden song. No, but it's I not love a Maiden it. song. I love it. And I will it, listen to this song all the time. And I will say this. It's a perfect B-side. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, you're, you're right. The next song, uh, equally good and equally catchy, That Girl. Yeah. So this is the B-side to Stranger in a Strange Land from 1986. Written by Andy Barnett from... This is... Uh, he's also the guitar player in Entire Population of Hackney. So this is another, yeah. another guy from... Uh, entire population of hackney yeah. wrote this song and but he he wrote it while he was in a band called fm they played on the same bootleg that does a recording of um here's a clip of that girl this is the maiden version So this is another really catchy B-side. It's great. So yeah. it's another cover. Uh, technically, it's a cover, that, again, of Maiden. But, like, yeah. uh, it's a friend of Adrian's old band, basically. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this, but I thought there was a really good solo. I think uh, I might have teed you up for a clip to run, run 320 or so. Some great guitar in there. Uh, so some great guitar there. Yeah, that's some Otherwise, yeah. So totally like we were talking about, we were talking about earlier about yeah. uh, they recorded this one. There's no Steve Harris on this track. Yeah. This is Adrian playing bass and guitar. Uh, you can tell this is recorded during like somewhere in time. It really sounds like yeah. somewhere in time. Like it's it has that sound. Like you can tell it's that era of Maiden. Uh, yeah. Have you ever, the original is like really poppy and eighty sounding yeah. and has like a totally different feel. Like Maiden really he- they changed the arrangement a bit and they made it a lot heavier yeah um i'm gonna play the original That's the original version by FM. It's yeah. very, very 80s sounding. Crazy 80s. This sounds like it could have been on like the Karate Kid soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not Maiden. Yeah, no. But Maiden took it and maidenized it. I'm using the word maidenized a lot yeah, no. with these B-sides. But uh, I think this is a good song. It's one of those songs where I was like, I didn't think I liked it. But it, it gets totally stuck in your head. It's so catchy. Yeah, so. 80s has a tendency to do that. <laughs> you know, it's true. Yeah. And uh, if, you look on, if you look online on YouTube, you can find FM, you can find the video of them doing it, and they look like, it's just the 80s fashion. They look like a glass tiger 
that's a very Canadian reference, a very Canadian comparison. But they look, they're dressed like that. They have like that kind of style. But it's a very 80s song. And Maiden kind of like stripped the 80s-ness out of it, even though it was, they covered it in the 80s. The, the, the Maiden version doesn't sound so dated as the mm. FM version. Although it still kind of has that summer in time glossiness to it. You know what I mean? The production. So that's mm. that. That's that indeed. That's that. That's that. Another cover. Yeah. The next one, Juanita. Juanita. Total Newfoundland name. Isn't that such a (laughs) Newfie name? Except it's spelled Juanita with a J. So this is another B-side to Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah. Written by Marshall Fury, the band Marshall Fury, who had Andy Barnett on guitar. And this is another one that has Adrian on bass and there's no Steve Harris. So, uh, yeah, this is also an entire population of Hackney. And it's also on the bootleg. I'm not going to play a clip of that, though. Mm-hmm. So I find it every time he says Juanita in the song so jarring. It's just like, na 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 Juanita. It's like, I know, uh, it's not, it doesn't sound like a, a, the no. name of a girl that you would write a song about. No. So I assume there must have been a real Juanita, or like they would have picked a more like... I know. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a, a rock music lyric. A word that you randomly pick for a rock music lyric, you know what I mean? I know. I don't know. Yeah, this is such a, you know, it's funny how we talk about these waves of Maiden, and yeah. we love Summer in Time, and we did it so much, and it's such a amazing album. In this period of time, you know, we did the Power Slave so much recently, 84, and this is 86, and the guys are in their late 20s, right? And... um It's such an interesting time for them, and I, I, I actually, I think we need to look at their ages and say like you know late 20s early 30s because they kind of calmed down did some amazing stuff in that period because i think they're probably just so high on fame and power slave and everything's going so amazing and then summer in time you put it in that context it's amazing right well look at the high that they're writing from like beast peace of mind power Slave, and then in the summer in time they're just like you must just feel like anything you do is going to be off the charts yeah and then you know well really truly they're knocking out of the park and they kept doing that until they got to you know no prayer and fear and yeah, you know, which we'll we'll break down in the future. But I mean, this is such a great time for me. I don't love this. Yeah, I, it's not a great song. It's kind of yeah. repetitive. It's not. Uh, I don't know. I don't like the the last two before this. I liked a lot, a lot more. Yeah. I don't know. This one's like I'm on the fence of if I like it or not. It's just kind of like I don't like dislike it. It's not like I cringe when I hear it, but I'm just like it doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm just I don't know. It's funny. Like we're talking about somewhere in time, and remember when we did our somewhere in time album yeah and remember bruce wasn't like that engaged because it was kind of like on that album he yeah. doesn't have hardly any like he barely contributed to writing it that's right and adrian kind of like stepped in took picked up the reins and like you know what i mean yeah and that's very very visible here right so like his the two two singles wasted years in the stranger in the strange land are both yeah. adrian 100 percent credited him for written that's right uh and then he like i think he was very much like stepped up and that's why his band, like, these are all basically his friends and side projects, bands that they're covering for the B-sides during this period. And I think it's just like Adrian was so, like took the reins and kept Maiden on track. And I think that's why he's so represented heavily on the B-sides here. Yeah. Because he was, you know. 
well, this album is a good legacy for him and these B-sides are good. I mean, you know, to a point. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Reach but whether they're good or not, it's you got to say this is like right. all Adrian. These last three, everything, all the that B-sides from this era is Reach like it, so. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian influence, yeah. right? And stuff. Yeah, it's funny how Stranger in Strange Land has, um, you know, two significant tracks. Some of the B-sides are two and a half minutes. But yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean... Um, Fair play to Adrian for stepping it up. I mean, yeah. obviously he takes an exodus thereafter soon, but um, yeah, good. The next, next one. The can, next can one. Can I give oh, you a God. little intro before you get into it? Yes. Okay. First, I'll just tell you this is the B side of the Wasted Years single, 1986. Yeah. So first okay. off, I love Wasted Years. I mean, you can yeah, go me back too. to the you yeah. know to it's a classic. To the album. I yeah. love it, and we rocked it hard at three shows on this one. Yep. Yeah. And the Sheriff of Huddersfield. I went into this dying to love it because of that t-shirt book of souls t-shirt remember i sent it around remember it went out when they released it when they did the texas tour after yeah. that was after us that was they did that i think on this it was know, on the same not, yeah it was on the second leg wasn't yeah. it it's actually uh remember it was around the time they did the brooklyn i have the 2018 yeah. calendar and it's one of the that's right it was one of the calendar shots that's exactly where it came from but it was the second leg of the tour mm-hmm. we saw them in quebec and there's a t-shirt up yeah. There. yeah i remember i was dying for them to re-release or do an, an a nordique one but yeah they did they did a canadian one which i bought yeah. at the concert yeah although i didn't get the perfect size and i don't get to wear it as much as yeah. i like to but anyway i have a i have a canadian jersey of a hockey player eddie but they did the Sheriff of Huddersfield was released as a as a tourist T-shirt for Texas, and mm-hmm. then they did that awesome Brooklyn Bridge one yep. for New York. Yeah, right. Remember yeah. that? I Someone remember actually uh, tweeted that to us. Did they? Uh, recently. Okay. Yeah. Well, I remember when it came out. To be honest with you, and then earlier, um, God, when was that? We talked about it. I think it was on the first one of this B side, the first first podcast we talked about. Some of the no tour merch for the oh right yeah I remember yeah for, we're for about the that. legacy yeah, yeah for the yeah when we were talking about that when I was going through it then they were selling the last few of the sheriff of Hutterfield shirts now it was really a Texas shirt I think the sheriff was like is it on the signpost or is it on his badge? yeah there's a reference to it yeah I think there's, there's a signpost that says Huddersfield or something that's right there's yeah. more to the shirt than that right but anyway this it's is like a there. wink to this song yeah yeah so I, I so i got into it and like before you give the background man the voice of the dude in prison is just so off for me i can't get into this track and then like yeah does he fart at the end like what, <laughs> what is this so and this then, is what, like it's so mental i uh, talked about this when we were doing i can't remember which b-side it was i don't like these maiden songs when they're just like jokes and this is a hundred percent a joke yeah. It's so Rod. This is all about Rod Smallwood, right? Their manager, and it's kind of making fun of him. And that in the middle, that's Bruce uh, Bruce Dickinson doing an impression of Rod Smallwood, like making fun of him. So the whole thing is they had this song, they recorded it. It makes fun of Rod Smallwood. They told the record company and everyone, "Don't let Rod know that this is going to be on the B side. Don't like, don't tell anyone." It came out, Rod didn't find out until it was released and he heard it. That's when he found out that, like, he didn't know. It was like a secret. It was like a joke on him. And he heard, heard it and he was like, you know, the joke's on me, whatever. So it's like this joke. But I'm like, I don't need to be in on, like, the Iron Maiden inside jokes. Like, this is an inside joke with your band on your manager. Like, do we have to listen to it? Like, it's, I don't know. Maybe this is the disapproval of my argument earlier, <laughs> which is there's such a thing as too much inside. But Wasted Years is so great. 
Yeah. Like, you can't. This is garbage. And then the whole, like, honestly. I can't get past the lyrics. And then yeah. the talking in the middle and the fart sound effects. Yeah. Like, Well, I remember when the to- when when that came out on the calendar, I sent you a message. And you, yeah. we, we had an email back and forth. You were like, oh, man, it's a B-side. And I think I might have uh, downloaded or looked at the buying the album or what it was. I don't know. Uh, but I never listened to it until I was doing this review. And then when I listened to it, I was like, you're joking. This is yeah. just... Well, it's a joke song, It's just right? a load of shit. Yeah. Don't play a clip from the song. <laughs> and so I do have a clip, and I'm going to play it now, just so people can hear how bad it is. Hello, let me introduce myself. My name is Rodney. I'm immensely strong. When I were alive, I could lift up five navvies on the end of a shovel. The reason I never took up martial arts is because I was immensely fearsome, but I'd probably kill everybody. So it's a complete joke, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't need to be, like I said, I don't need to hear the inside jokes of Iron Maiden. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a waste of a B-side, if you ask me. So I have a quote from uh, Nico. He says, We had this song that Adrian had written that we recorded on Somewhere in Time album. We thought, well, come on then, let's put some words to the song, because we didn't actually have any words, so it as it transpires, we decided to write a song about Rod, and we'll call it The Sheriff of Huddersfield. Um, there's a big story, backstory, too, about Hut Rod when he moved to, you know, Los Angeles or whatever, but I don't really want to get into it. I don't like the song that much. No. Um, the only thing is, and now this is the part that might blow your mind, is this is based basically on... I have the vinyl over there of Urchin. Uh, this is a song, Life in the City by Urchin, and they basically just change the words to it. So, yeah, this is an Urchin song, basically, that they just changed the lyrics to and re-recorded. But, uh, you know, a- Urchin was Adrian's band. Yeah. So there's another B-side for this era of Somewhere in Time era that uh, was brought in by Adrian. I assume Adrian brought the Urchin song in for them to cover. So Nico's comment of, like, the song that they didn't have lyrics for, like, I don't think that's quite accurate. I think they basically, like took this urchin song and made a joke i was like i don't need to hear your inside jokes Mm. (laughs) yeah this This one gets a thumbs down from me do you know do you know what i i think this is another example of a maiden piece where i encountered it after i saw something it's like the benjamin brig like that amazing scene that t-shirt where he's like digging Digging the the grave grave. yeah and then you break it down they made it all up there's nothing really there and then this one like i saw the sheriff and i was like oh my god please tell a great story about a sheriff in texas and something that happens and he kills someone or shouldn't kill someone he gets killed (laughs) and instead it's like horrible it's a joke yeah it's horrible oh like i will probably i can tell you right now i will probably never listen to the song again Oh my god! No, oh, my, oh really? Yeah, you could barely make me repeat. <laughs> oh my god, I could barely, I could barely get through it two or three times. I was trying to find a clip. Yeah, and oh, I heard it a few. I listened to it a few times listening through to uh, compare to the urchin song. Mm. The urchin song is actually good, even if the music's really good and the lyrics are 
a joke. Like the, they, it just ruins it so for me. high on money. It's the same thing with like fame from power. People are really care. into Frank Zappa, and there are some Frank Zappa I like, but some people love like Frank Zappa, and they're like, don't pay attention to the lyrics because the lyrics are just like they're just there for like whatever. Just pay attention to the music. I was like, I can't. How does I, that? Like I listen to that Muffin Man song by by uh, Frank Zappa, which is like one of his biggest hits, and it's like, girl, you thought he was a man, but he was a muffin, and I'm like, I don't care how cool the guitar is under it. I can't get over the jokes. But how does that relate to this at all? Because all of this sucks. Uh, the the actual song, the Urchin song, is not bad. Yeah, but... It's just they overlaid a bunch of garbage vocals and talking and fart sound effects over it. I didn't hear any of that. All I heard was the garbage. <laughs> I just... It's all crap. Everything. It seems like a... Like... Oh, we have to put out a single. Let's shit on the other side. And yeah. put the Sheriff of Huddersfield. It's a joke. The, it's a joke... They're trying to pull a prank on their manager, and they did, but like it's at the expense of the fans. Exactly. The only joke yeah. was on anyone who paid for this. Yeah, the joke I'm is on to buy this. Yeah. I will buy this because of, for completeness. Yeah, yeah. I never actually. Well, I bought the first ten years box set, so I did actually buy it. <laughs> but they, this is like taking up valuable vinyl space on the side of an album that could be filled with anything else. Even silent. <laughs> exactly. Even though this is, you know, I've, I've lamented covers this whole time, and here it is something that they actually kind of some way creatively did. <laughs> anyway. All right. On to the next one. The Black Bart Blues is the next song. Right. Eh? This is uh, 1988, so this is Into the Seventh Sun era. It's the B-side of Can I Play With Madness. So there's a little bit of a story behind this. The Black Bart. Apparently the Maiden tour bus pulled over at this gas station somewhere in the States, and... Uh, there was a suit of armor in this gas station and they bought it and Bruce Dickinson put it in the back of the tour bus and they named it Black Bart. So this is like, yeah, this is yeah. basically, this is another joke song. Yeah. There's not much to it. It's this like, what the frig is that voice at the beginning? It's like this pitch. It's supposed to be this like groupie, like coming on the tour bus and they basically just pitch shift it. Do you know what pitch shifting is? It's like when you like, Raise the pitch, but you don't change the speed. Uh, here's an example of pitch shifting. And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. <laughs> so that's you made to sound like... Uh, <laughs> that's not me. The that's, voice in black. That's, that's you. That's how you sound to me all the time. <laughs> but this is another one that's a, uh, a joke. And like, I don't know. It's like, there's nothing to it. It's like a, it's a blues arrangement as far as like the chord progressions and stuff. But... There's a second there, like Nico seems to be talking at various stages. Yes. And there's a moment where Evil Men Do almost kicks out, but I just yeah. And at the end, at the the only thing good about the song is at the end, after the song is over, there's a bunch of clips that I guess when they're recording Seventh Son, I think they went through all the te- all the clips. And this is what you're saying where you want to hear like stuff that's on the cutting room floor. So this is all stuff that Nico was yelling in between takes, and they clipped it all together. So it's kind of funny. He's Don't like, disprove my arguments. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Nesbitt. Damn you. So, yeah, you get some good uh, Nico quotes at the end. But uh, uh, the song, like, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. It always reminds me of my buddy Terry in high school. Yeah. He had the CD single and he loved the song. And I was like, I don't know. We're going to do it. We're going to do a Talking Maiden B-Sides. Hey, don't you love Kiss? (laughs) I do love Kiss. (laughs) Cover other podcasts. (laughs) Kiss are the best. Okay. Let's let's move on because next two are awesome. 
because okay. I, I can't take any more of this. Like, the, yeah, the I'm not even going to play a clip of this. Not, I'm, uh, yeah, it's nonsense. I'm going to just goes, go into the next this one song. It's another one where it's like, do we need to? I don't know. Like, I, I guess they figured that the fans would get a kick out of it. Yeah, but I don't really get a kick out of this. It's funny, so I'm just going to play one last thing. And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. <laughs> oh, how funny how you left out the pancake in the beast. <laughs> I did. Bugger. I should lower my voice an octave and yeah. put that in. The after. podcast on the beast. <laughs> so the last two songs, there's Prowler 88 and Charlotte the Harlot 88. Fantastic. So I'm just going to say, talk about both of them for a minute, and then we'll get into each one before, separately. Before you do. They're both... Re-recorded versions of Paul Diano songs. There, there. Yeah, I want to add in first up, "Evil That Men Do." Yeah, one of my favorite bands. Me too. Of all time. Me too. It's top amazing. ten. Vocals, maybe top five. Unreal. Oh, definitely, definitely. Probably top five. Icarus, Hallowed, "Evil That Men Do." I mean, there's so many great songs. But Evil yeah, Men Do. Yeah, yeah. So good that we should make a podcast about these guys. But go on. <laughs> um. So the, okay. So we'll get into Prowler '88. Yes. So the liner notes on the Best of the B-Sides, it says, Such a great song on the first album, as you all know. Steve wasn't happy with the production on the first album, so we did a cracking up-to-date version. I don't think this is really necessary, (laughs) if you ask me. I think the original version is, like, great. Not that this isn't a good version, but... And I don't mind the odd, like, Bruce redoing it, but, again, like, there's enough live versions of Bruce doing this. Do we really need a studio version? My, my, My big thing in the lead up to this was yeah. it begs the question why not do live why do a, a studio recording yeah but that said when i look at this um and i think we might might have a little bit of a different uh take on it but i think the uh the updated track does sound awesome i love the original but this is an awesome version um in a lot of cases though i think um you know, uh, maybe Paul's versions are a little, little better, maybe more relatable or authentic. Yeah, a little more raw sounding. A little more raw. Yeah. Um, but the big difference for me, or, or at least where I think they've added something to it, besides just Bruce being involved, is the solos. So you okay. have, I, I sent you two clips, the solo, uh, the basically the first solo. Of the song. Right, There's so I made a, a I figured those two clips together. So this is the... Prowler versus Prowler. So the first one is the original solo. The second one is the Prowler 88 solo. Look, I noticed it right off when I did I was like, well, I thought, when I listened back through it, yeah. A, I don't know enough about guitar to know how they remember their solos, but they, they must have some ways that they record them. Yep. But they're obviously gonna, never going to be the same anyway yep. in studio. 
But then when I went through it, I found like, especially the second part of the solo, it's just like Severus is way better than Adrian. Yeah. And again, you know. Yeah, probably like, I think that's Adrian. It sounds like Adrian playing it. I'm not sure it who, be? but it sounds yeah. very Adrian like, especially the end of the solo. Yeah. You, and you know, at the, at the, we talked about it before, like when we delve into an album, we're like so pinpoint on a period of time. And when we do B sides, we cut across maybe. Yeah. And when we do, like we seem to be now talking, this seems to be like peak Adrian in some ways, doesn't it? Like it seems like we're yeah. talking so much. His influence on, you know, somewhere in time is huge. And then this is a period now, and then the you know, and when you get in Seven Sun, which we haven't covered yet, yeah. I mean, it's huge there. But Adrian on that solo, uh, that's yeah, I think he is. The first solo is Dave Murray because that's yeah. from the first album. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's not Dennis Stratton. It sounds like sounds like, well, it sounds like Dave Murray. And if you listen to the Hiva version of the solo from the, the from the Soundhouse tapes, yeah, uh, compare this. This is Dave Murray. So that's uh, Dave Murray uh, from the Soundhouse demos, the Soundhouse tapes, or the Space Word Studios demos. It's definitely not. I think it was Phil Cairns was the other guitar player during the for those recordings, and it's definitely not him. Uh, he's not even credited on the Soundhouse tapes, but he was. Yeah. I think he's on the recordings, but he's not credited because I think when the Soundhouse tapes came out, they only had the people that were actually in the band listed. Yeah. But definitely that's Dave Murray doing the solo, and it sounds just like the one on the album. So I'm pretty sure that the priority is Adrian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got another version. If you want to hear, uh, this is me. I've like clips to the max. Do it. Here is a, a 2005 version of the Prowler solo. <laughs> That's another yeah. yeah. Um, I I agree with you that like I like the Adrian solo a lot. Yeah. I think I might like it now that you say better. I like the the Paul Diano version of the song way better. Yeah. But now that you put the you brought up the solos, I think yeah. I maybe do like the the second the eighty eight solo better. Yeah. But overall, these songs are like they're all about energy and delivery, yeah. and it's got almost like I know Steve Harris hates to have anyone refer to Iron Maiden as having like anything to do with punk music, yeah. but it has that like punk energy that like the yeah. grittiness and the rawness and like Paul Diano's version is way better I think yeah I, I, I agree with that when I was teeing it up here I think I, yeah. I, I kind of misled that and I kind of tripped over my words there like what I was saying is that the, the, the solos for me in the later stand out I think Paul's version of the song is far better uh, it's I think it's more relatable and authentic it's maybe just because I know the, the song that way um, obviously it's the you know it's a lead in for yeah. Iron Maiden it's amazing but to me it's not just the vocals uh, Paul's vocals fit this song but also it's crisper and tighter despite the lower quality recording yeah. on that first album which you yeah. know Harris has limited yeah. time which time which I don't again. mind I, like that yeah. Will Malone production on the first album I don't think that's that yeah. bad I, I don't know everyone's complain, complained about it 
people always say like yeah, Killers like is a big step up, but I'm like, I don't know. I I, yeah. I like it. I feel the gr- it, it adds a grittiness. Right. And the like. songs have a greenness, so it kind of suits it. I it suits know. it. Yeah, yeah you, you, yeah, it doesn't have that. It, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, yeah. I would like. I don't want to hear somewhere in time era songs with that production because it wouldn't fit. But with these songs, I don't know. It yeah. Seems like it fits. My only key takeaway, and I mentioned it before, is you know why do a studio? But then again, I do like it. So I'm kind of. Yeah. I like it too. It's cool. It's a yeah. cool as like a curiosity thing to see. But the guitar know. contrast is funny. Like if you were going to do a studio re retake, you'd probably pick something that's so vocally strong for Bruce. But I digress. Now we're just nitpicking. Yeah. It's excellent. It's a great B side. Right. It's a it's it's something that I love because it's pure maiden. It's like we get to compare solos. We get to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. It's a new take on an old song in a studio. Yeah. Um. You know, switch up the guitars. Um. At the same time, you and the, and. Uh, the two versions that sign also are switching up the drummers. Drummers as First well. One's that's Clive, right. That's second right. Clive's gone. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So the second, you forget about how different the bands are in that period. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Oh man, like yeah, we're we gonna focus do... on the vocals so much. So right. uh, the last song, Charlotte the Harlot '88. I feel like we've the talked other... about her a lot. Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, she's uh, well, she pops up in the song "22 Vacation Avenue" 22 Occasion. from here to eternity. Yeah. Um, this is the other B side of. The evil that men do. So it says in the liner notes, the music for Charlotte came from a few riffs and melodies that Dave Murray glued together back in late 70s. Again, it was a re-recording of a classic from the first album. Mm. I say a needless re-recording. <laughs> I would agree. So, yeah. And uh, listen with the listen with Nico for this single. He says, actually, Steve and I were actually discussing... It does say actually twice. Okay, it says, Actually, Steve and I were actually discussing a few months back about all these old songs. The old stuff that we've re-recorded about doing maybe in the future, keeping it in the same format. So basically, at the end of the day, we might actually have a whole back issue of all the stuff with this sort of Maiden re-recorded. All that old stuff that we weren't on. Myself, Bruce, and H. So there you go. You never know. And he said that in 1990. So I think this is like a horrible idea <laughs> you don't want to go back and like rewrite history do we really need to like redo Paul Diano songs all the Paul Diano songs in the studio like that's horrible yeah. Kiss did this with a bunch of songs they went back when they got a bunch of new members they went back and re-recorded a bunch of classic songs with the new lineup and I'm like why yeah why why do it yeah. why do it yeah I know what you're saying Even and I don't want yeah. people to be like I would I would hate it if there was someone who's just getting into Maiden now and they could pick up a a version of Killers that was all with Bruce singing it and never hear the Paul stuff. Like, that's a horrible idea to me. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, the thought of that. Like, that's a that's a phase of Maiden that, like, don't be like, oh, Maiden's Bruce Dickinson now, so we're going to, like, re-record all the stuff and forget about that old stuff. Like, that's where he came from. I don't know. Yeah. That old stuff's classic to me. You know, you wouldn't have the maiden you have now if you didn't go through that. I know. And I'm like, don't redo it. Don't you can't, like, you can't go back into yeah. the old Christmas photos and Photoshop in second wife over new wife. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, just exactly. can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it. The kids don't have the DNA. It's just not gonna fit. But the uh I don't know, the original of the song is way better sounding. The drums sound better. The new version, the guitars are really buried in the mix, which I don't like because it's very prominent in the original. Uh, the background vocals on the Bruce version in the chorus, I think they're way overdone. Like, yeah. the, the background ver- vocals just, like, it's too much. I don't know. In the original, there's, like, a little bit of background vocals, I think, but it's very slight. So you basically just hear Paul Diano's voice. Yeah. 
uh, I don't know. The, 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 you know how that part in the middle, the slow part where it breaks down? Yeah. Uh, in the original, it sounds great. The Bruce version is way too much like reverb on his voice. It's like overproduced to me. The Paul version, to me, the Paul version sounds like timeless. Like it sounded good then. It sounded good in the 80s. It sounded good in the 90s. It sounds good today. It'll sound good 10 years from now. The Bruce version right now sounds really dated. It sounds like an 80s... I don't know. It didn't age well to me. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, you did these two songs as 88 versions. You don't need to be like rewriting yeah. your legacy by redoing them. I think that's a horrible idea. I don't mind the, doing these two as like curiosity things. Like, what would it sound like if this happened in the I got happened? a different take. I think that Charlotte only belongs in 22 Arcade Avenue. I don't like this song. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of this song anyway. No. Yeah, but uh, like I'm not that. actually talking about the song yeah. as a song. I'm talking about this version of re-recording yeah. it. That's right. It's needless. And like, if you're going to re-record one, like, there must be better Paldiano versions that you could like yeah. use Bruce better in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we both. I don't know. Don't you know love these B sides in some ways, but at the same time, we don't know really what should be on there. We have a few, but like, yeah, this this kind of remix and reinventing. Love the live stuff. Yeah. Especially, well, here's something. Yeah. I never thought of this till now, but here would be a really great idea for Maiden B-Sides. Instrumental versions. Just put know. instrumental versions of anything. I would love to hear that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Row takes solos. Cutting the yeah. floor stuff. Oh, yeah. like Alternate takes are, would be great, too. Yeah, that's right. Alternate takes, instrumentals. Like, I don't need to be hearing, like, the Sheriff of Huddersfield. No. And instead of redoing Prowler 88 and Charlotte the Harlot... I would much rather have instrumental versions of them. Because I don't think Bruce really adds anything to these versions. Or improves on the originals with these versions. Yeah, You know what B-sides are great for, though? What? They make you think more about the context in which the singles and the albums were created and the band members. And it gives you a different take on the timeline and, and just a perspective on things. Yeah. They're really, that's what I'm getting yeah. out of it. I'm finding that the, the B-sides to me, like they're just fun, right? It's like we know all the Maiden's albums, yeah. and we know all the songs on every single album. Yeah. I don't think you know the Blaze ones that well, but we're going to get into that. Oh, I know them better than you think nowadays. Okay. I've listened um, to them too much. I'm but, starting to like them. <laughs> well, but really. you know all the Maiden songs, and then it's like, there's this like more Maiden there. Yeah. That's just there. And it might not be written by Maiden. It might be covers. It might be some of his jokes up. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more Maiden. And you're always saying, like, we did this good. podcast, and you're yeah. like, how are we going to cover it all? And then yeah. you get to the point where it's like, you listen to it all and you're like, I wish there was more. Is there any more? There's got to be something more. Yeah. Like, I know it all. And like, you can either get into the Bruce Solo stuff. You can get into the pre-Maiden stuff. Yeah. You can get into the post-Maiden stuff, the Diano Battle Zone, all that kind of stuff. But there's like these Maiden songs. There is more Maiden there. Oh my God. It's just too bad it's not better. <laughs> Although every now and then, it's almost fun though to get into the B-sides because the fact that it's not all good when you do hit a It's Got the Fire or a Massacre, which yeah. is my Massacre is by far my favorite. I love the original and I love the Maiden cover. Yeah. When you do hit one of those really good B-sides, yeah. the fact that a lot of the B-sides aren't that great, it's all that more satisfying <laughs> when you find one. You know That's what I mean? That's true. Or also it leaves you wanting that the rest could be that <laughs> That's either. true too. They, not everything could be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. overall uh, the the disc one of the best of the B-sides, which is our foray into the, to the yeah. B-sides take, but then, you know, all the B-sides beyond these two discs, of which we've now broken down the first disc yeah. in two parts. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. I think there's some, some interesting yeah. stuff worth listening to. Yeah, they're to. worth listening to. If anyone hasn't listened to yeah. any of the B-sides, 
Yeah. There's at least half of them are yeah. definitely worth listening Especially to. Especially the, the, the live stuff, you know, Drifter, yeah. Remember Tomorrow, I, I would definitely go for it. Reach out if you're an Adrian fan. Yeah. It'd be great for me. I've Got Fire, we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, this Prowler is a yeah. great comparison. Cross-Eyed Mary, I think, is pretty good, too. Yeah. Cross-Eyed Mary It'll grow bad. on you. Yeah. And, of course, you know, you can break down the... You can ignore the Black Bird and the Sheriff of Huntersfield and one eaten yeah. in my mind. And, and even this... The Sheriff of the Harlow yeah. now is a retake we don't need. Like, those are ones yeah. that I think are worth listening to once. Yeah. But, like... To know they're there. To know... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to... Just to kind of get, it'll give you a, yeah. an insight into the sense of humor of Iron Maiden. But if you're <laughs> if you're uh, listening to this and you haven't spent a lot of time on the B sides, which yeah. is many Maiden fans, yeah. don't beat yourself. If you have half an hour and yeah. you're trying to squeeze in some B sides, skip those ones. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But to be honest, you if you go to the to the first uh, half of this disc one on the best of B sides, yeah. that's yeah. where the bulk of the talent is. Yeah. And on the second half, you can just more or less hit the reach out. Yeah. So in another couple of weeks, we'll do the disc two. Yeah, we'll intermix we'll, it. Now. Uh, whatever. And then even when we're done that, there's like enough B sides that are not on the this compilation. Yeah. There's uh, a bunch of like there's that space trucking cover. There's a couple of Maiden songs that were on like compilations. Uh, some I don't know. There's a few that we covered. Remember past the jam and more T Vicker from the more T Vicker. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. But there's not a lot of good stuff. There's a uh, I don't know. If we expand it to be like non, not just from B sides, but also be like non album tracks, we get into like Virus and Women in Uniform yeah. and stuff like that. So there's a lot of like content there for at least two, maybe three yeah. more. It's podcasts. funny how Women in Uniform B side counts in B sides, but Women in Uniform and Virus. Yeah, it's technically an A side, but it's a non album track. So. Fair enough. So anyway, if All anyone, right. uh, yeah, wants to, hopefully this will be a guide. If you've never listened to Iron Maiden B sides, yeah. Hopefully this will like guide you into the right ones to introduce yourself to, yeah, <laughs> and the ones to avoid. <laughs> no, and our next uh, our next uh, podcast is going to be all about Run to the Hills, <laughs> obscurity made. We're going to um, do twenty different live versions of Run to the Hills, oh my <laughs> compared and contrasted this the is, solos. <laughs> this is all a joke. It's a comment on how obscure we're getting. We're not going to be obscure. We're bringing it back, and we're going to be back soon with uh, some interesting stuff coming up we're going to get into killers in a, a few episodes we're the, the so um legacy of the beast tour ongoing it's gonna be interesting uh lots of stuff coming from yeah, that lots of b-sides we've got a lots whole ton of albums we have to get into uh, so much to do yeah. anyway talkingmaiden.com you want to get in touch with us you can get us there you can get us on twitter email yep. all these things reach out if you have any ideas you can get us there yep any feedback, positive or negative? Yeah, we've uh, we're getting a lot of feedback now, like a lot, which is great because we were complaining. I remember ten episodes ago, we were complaining about like, oh, we get the odd email here and there, but now we're like, now it's off the hook. Yeah, can't even replies. <laughs> no, not like that. Okay, actually, don't send us email. No more emails. <laughs> yeah. Too much. It's not. It's not like that. But we are getting, you know, it's getting an email, email good people, an email or a, a tweet a day yeah. on stuff. So. Yeah, and usually from hardcore fans. Yep. Perfect. So we'll leave it there. Talkingmaiden.com podcast. Talkingmaiden.com. Five star. Give us five stars on iTunes, please. Thank you. <laughs>